0: Is that what I'm saying? Rough Rough Trade Radio. Rough Trade Radio. Rough
1: Trade
0: Radio. Rough Trade Radio. Is it Rough Trade Radio? Rough Trade Radio. Rough Trade Radio. Rough Trade Radio. Rough Trade Radio. What's that?
1: I know you're not bothered about me, but I'm just saying hi anyway. Hi everyone, how are you? (laughs) This is Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Merci beaucoup. So as we've kind of explained before, I'm going to chat to Chris for about 45 minutes. Think of your questions while we are talking, I'm sure you have many, and then there'll be 45 minutes devoted to you, fabulous audience, asking your questions, okay? Um, I've got someone waving at me, so I know it'll be 45 minutes, or one of you will go, I'm sorry, stop talking. It's us now. Okay, so what <laughs> I wanted to start with, I suppose, is the process. I'm interested in, when it comes to artists, you, you offer us a beautiful piece of art. That's, that's your job. You work really hard and then you offer us an album and, uh, and some great videos and a stage show. And that is the, almost like the final bit. I'm interested in the process that you went into from Shallow Men to arrive at Chris and I'm going to quote you something which you you said to uh, a journalist at the New Statesman um, to just kick it off okay okay I'm going to quote it back (laughs) to you all right I'm afraid so (laughs) officially (laughs) afraid (laughs) so this is uh, Chris talking about how Chaloumen was and her persona then was received in France it was like this oh you're a good feminist you have suits on you're not obscene and I thought, this is what she said, I thought, give me some time to have a sexual life and then I will be obscene. <laughs> so Thank you very much. <laughs> my, uh, my record is out on Friday. <laughs> well, so, yeah. yes, mm. it's like you threw it's like you you <laughs> threw an idea forward and you moved into that idea.
2: I announced to myself that I will have a, a sexual life, then I had no choice, yeah. No. No uh, more seriously, I think yeah, I think it's kind of freakily freakingly accurate because uh because uh, also the precise idea, I found the very idea of being a good or a bad feminist was um, was intriguing to me at first. When I, r- I remember, like, I was I was promoting Chalet and people were like, oh, I mean, you're uh, such a good example uh, of <laughs> girls. and Because you wear suits, you know, you're not vulgar. And I was like, I'm not sure this is why I would like to be a p- good example, because mm. I was precisely trying to assert more freedom and more empowerment and the suit was actually me naively wanting to escape the male gaze and spoiler alert you can't really escape male <laughs> gaze if you're woman <laughs> uh, so you might as well you know uh, try to disrupt it from the inside but I was uh, uh, the suit was not a way to be a good feminist it was just a way to actually focus on another way to exist as a um, as a writer and a performer and on Chris the album I m- I'm going to release I'm exploring the idea that empowerment can come from being more sexualized, but still on my own terms, actually, in how to be disruptive while showing more skin. And I think it's really easy, actually, to disrupt a a a heteronormative, um, uh, classic way of sexualizing women. As soon as you actually escape the classic notion of male gaze or as soon as you start to be the one who desire. And actually, uh, Chris is born of the idea also and and by having the idea I probably announced it to myself that I would allow myself to live more yeah. desire but the very idea that I wanted to be the one who could desire way yeah. more than
1: waiting to be desired yes and also i mean i like i do like the idea of of announcing almost to yourself this is what you're going to do and then you you have to do it you know that's the idea you know (laughs) and it's not like as it's not as kind of a cold and calculating idea it's a bit like this is the next thing that i'm that i might be trying yeah actually it's it's it's
2: it's more like the idea to allow myself Mm. so so you in a way you already have the the desire and actually christine when i just decided to call myself christine and to write songs and to be christine and the queens it was already me announcing to myself more freedom mm. and Im- 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 and eventually i became a bit freer with with shadowy as a first album like touring this album and singing the songs every night and um existing with my writing and with my art it kind of uh gave me strength and i didn't know i was uh you know t- touring for two years and a half and 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 uh, carry carrying those songs with me i was like mm. actually i'm stronger than i was there expecting, no but in a way I, I announced to myself that I would be strong enough to do that. So it's kind of like this intricacy of... Um, I don't know if it's a writer's disease, but you kind of like... you, pr- you, you throw something out and you have to
1: run after it. Yeah, after it's like that. an intention and now yeah. you, know you have to go. There's an interesting kind of parallel. If you, if you think about touring, that the yeah. traditional idea of touring, the the male rock star idea of touring. Yeah. So you go out on tour. There you are with all your band, uh-huh. and you know there's kind of uh, Ye Oldie style groupies, and mm. you know what happens on tour stays on tour. But it's much more interesting because you cannot deny one cannot deny that if you bego- go in the public eye, you become more interesting quite often to other people sexually. Yeah, they yeah. notice you. Mm. You're there. You're on stage. There you are. Mm-hmm. They notice you. So you are more likely. No, no. I don't think this is a revelation. You're more likely to be offered sex if you're on stage than if you're not. So, <laughs> I don't.
2: I'm just saying. This is <laughs> where it gets actually interesting.
1: Yeah. Because
2: one could expect that to be true. <laughs> <laughs> the girl was about to be really depressing. Yeah. No, no, because you're, you're er- eroticized by the fact that you're be- seen and noticed. And watched. There is and an eroticism yeah, that yeah, comes yeah. up. Yeah. But when you're a woman, mm-hmm. it's interesting also because you become a bit more scary also. Yeah. And uh, I remember watching a lot uh, of um, uh, bits of the documentary about Madonna mm. called In Bed with Madonna at yeah, some yeah. point during the touring of Chaleur And I was like, this is strangely soothing to watch, why? Mm. And I think because I was noticing, but uh, wait, I'm not Madonna, right? Mm. Madonna is, is way more um, carnal and, and threatening. Yeah. Yeah. N- but but this is why she's amazing. Yeah. And she was and she doesn't um, um, apologize for the strength uh, she has. But you kind of notice that she's slightly always a bit uh, isolated. Yeah. So I don't know um, there is something threatening also when a when a woman becomes a rock star. Yeah. Still because you're, you there is something slightly dirty or weird or, or there is some kind of slight ostracization. Yeah, I'm using uh, English words I can't comprehend myself. <laughs> um, There's otherness. So you can s- become s- away from people. So you're more eroticized, but at the same time, you you're made to feel more sorry constantly. Yeah. I kind of noticed also that there was a way to slightly diminish or make me make me feel a bit uncomfortable with who I became, and I don't know if it's because I'm particularly aware of that myself because I I think so much about that. Yeah, uh, or if it's actually true, but I kind of I was noticing that I was a bit more isolated also. So I was like, how come?
1: Ah, okay. So that's the, well, that's quite interesting. Given that you know the assumption is that you would become, you know, that you would have more sexual encounters, perhaps if you were became more famous and you'd mm. already thrown your uh, your yeah. idea ahead. Then it's it I had more, but challenge. it was
2: it was not really using that force field. It was just like me b- allowing myself to explore more, which is something I, um. I had a. B- I, I felt more monstrous when I was younger. I, w- I was. I was. was feeling. Uh, I had a complicated relationship to just. Uh, you know, getting close to people. I was. Mm. I remember my teenage years as years of like uh, being scared of being just up close with people. So, yeah. um, with Shalimar, I think I got. M- I got more self-acceptance. I think this is the only thing that changed. That kind of made me relate more to people. But I kind of. D- I didn't lay down in the force field of being famous because it was slightly scary as a force field
1: yeah yeah but then there's also the the kind of practice of performance i think is yeah. always quite interesting, so because you are you know obviously all peop- most people who make music are performers in some way, but you're a very particular performer you're a physical performer there's dance around mm. there you're very interested in stage in staging yeah um and uh some of the stuff that I've read says that y- that you you've mentioned the fact that you became more um at ease in your body because it became a dancer's body and it's like an athlete's body
2: yeah I I saw the muscle surface yeah, which was a way to feel more efficient, and uh, that was that was a good um, paradox also because I was getting healthier and I was singing about feeling sick. So I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of be, of be performance to sing songs about being actually uh, feeling slightly dysfunctional. Yeah. I was yeah. like, well, I can't believe I'm becoming a war machine, but a broken one, a weirdly broken one.
1: Yeah, but that's also interesting that parallel with Madonna as well. Is she completely mm. changed because she decided th- this is I am a dancer, I am an elite athlete yeah. of pop almost yeah i mean she's very uh, uh, kind of uh, i think she's more black and white about things than you mm. are but that that kind of physicality leading you is quite important i think
2: yeah and also with physicality comes ambivalence because the idea of a muscle for example of a muscled yeah. woman of a more athletic woman even madonna was playing around with flexing you become quite androgynous as well with 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 that idea because your body kind of um, muscle in a way that could be seen as masculine also so comes kind of like a new eroticism of your own body because you're a female well, yeah. i am F- until yeah still <laughs> um sorry for being r- so confused about it <laughs> um, i just question it so much that sometimes i forget i'm yeah i'm a female but then <laughs> but then your, your muscle surface and you c- kind of become a more athletic uh, woman yeah and you're like yeah oh, that's interesting and actually got me more in touch with a different way of being feminine and sexualizing myself and this is why i started to think of chris as a Macho female. I was like, this is yeah. interesting. I do feel comfortable with playing around with uh, um, the tropes of masculinity. Because actually they can be quite feminine. Like when you think of really sometimes really macho men. Yeah. You know, yes. the open shirts, the medallions and the, the wet the hair. The preening. Yeah. yeah. It's something you offer your body to, to one's gaze. So mm. one could say it's quite feminine. Because classic idea of femininity is something offered and something prepared to be looked at. Right? Yeah, adored. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I was like, actually... Yeah. I'm, I'm more in touch with that kind of femininity, which is, which is maybe a less classic one, but is still a very val- valuable one.
1: And when you were um, thinking about the, the images in the videos and presumably in your stage show as well, one of the things that I thought of whenever I've se- when I've seen some of the, your recent stuff, I was thinking of the kind of gang mentality of things like West Side Story, um, but not the female gang. Side. So you know, not la 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 America, but more like the Jets <laughs> and the Sharks, you know. So it's yes. a kind of, it's a, like a stalking and a and a celebration of mm. strength. Yeah. In that in that kind of I have my crew with me way. Yeah.
2: It was definitely like the girlfriend video had, um, especially for the dancing and the staging of the of the gang of, uh, mm. of the ideal Chris and the gang. Um, side Story was like one of the top references because also it's so stylized, like it's yeah. masculinity, but it's theater. It's like. Theatricality of masculinity and it's really feminine also because it's quite uh, there is also almost like a ballerina sensitivity to it. So it's like I'm a man, you know. It's not the same as (laughs) just being like it's like a different way to men spread, which is interesting. And it's and it's and it's a sublimated. Yeah, I'm sorry, (laughs) I'm going to say (laughs) weird shit during (laughs) that conversation. But um, it's like also it's like when Michael Jackson uh, overperformed masculinity. It's like Mm. theater, and I uh, I do like to play around with those ideas of. Because I just like the idea that eventually it makes it crumble a bit. If mm. you kind of use the theatricality of masculinity, but being a woman, you kind of give a hint that, wait a second, you know. Yeah, you make people do,
1: like kind of think, yeah. oh, I haven't thought about that before. Yeah. Because uh, the problem with most kind of very, the very specific gender roles that people are given is that they become just part of your head. Mm. Even if you're trying to break away from them, that they're kind of in there somewhere and you don't even realise that you're... That that they've affected you. They affect everybody. Yeah, and so to break it, to just highlight them makes them less st- less strong. I think.
2: Yeah, and there is some playfulness that enters, mm. which is which is luminous to me because um, I don't know if you if you guys know that book. Uh, mm. There is, there is an author called Paul B. Preciado who wrote a book called Testo Junkie, and he, he talks about uh, drug kings. Um, um, atelier, like drag king's uh, workshops. Yeah. And it's about how suddenly you, you kind of become really aware of the theatricality of, of, of identity as a performance. And it's not so painful, it's more like playful because you're like, yeah. oh, if actually I can play around with those ideas, then I can maybe f- try to find my own way of performing, my own identity, and then it becomes a bit freeing. I kind of, uh, I think this is why I loved theatre when I was younger. Before I made m- music, I wanted to be a stage director. yeah, And I think I just wanted to... Uh, to Take the codes and just like break them down and reassert them. I just
1: and when you're making so if you're m- making an uh, an album like Chris, are you, you are you always thinking of the of the show or that that will happen or I mean I'm kind of interested how they mm. interplay yeah. because you're obviously very good at, at dance at physicality you're very you have a real sense of the theatrical theatrical space and you make music so do do all those things work together or do you just because you know, yeah. i interview a lot of musicians they just go oh we just do the music because that's all they do yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and then later on they'll hire somebody that will think about the say show for them yeah. and it's very different the way that you approach things
2: yeah yeah it's kind of more um, simul- simultaneous mm. um it sometimes most of the time when i do write a song the song that stay on the album i do have like um images that comes along with them like uh, immediate, immediate um, images like of either a video or a performance like um for example there is a song g- you saw the video clip called doesn't matter and when i wrote it i was like this is going to be a duet with a male dancer mm. and it was not something i overthought it was just something i wanted to explore and i kind of finished the song with an idea in mind this is why i at some point in the song i start to address someone uh, and i name it um, him the sun stealer and then the song just finishes like that with the idea of being in a duet and and then it's a never ending question like oh okay so if it's a duet the video will probably be like that and then the stage performance how do you handle that and then uh, so it's kind of always um and every song that kind of stays and remains on the record have that, um, that element trigger that. of um, visual things happening. And I'm, and I'm getting excited by the idea of performing
1: the song and this is why I do finish it with so much uh, precision. And so that must be very hard for video directors. They come in and you've already <laughs> got an idea. They're <laughs> like, oh, I thought I was going to do something different. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think true. I have a good <laughs> reputation in the French production. Uh,
3: they're
2: like, oh god.
1: <laughs> because my next obvious question is, we've seen, like, you know, d- three of your videos. I yeah. know they were on a loop, weren't they? Um, uh, sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> so like, we get so, it, girl. So that's all. All you we were allowed to see. <laughs> but then, you know, if you think about the five five dollars video, yeah. I mean, this this it maybe is easy to suggest that this would be about. Um, the idea that somebody has money that they are able to pay for sex, but you, but there's a complete twist in that in that video, yeah. That you that it comes from you or comes from a video director, or how did you think about it? And the, the
2: the videos of the second number, actually, on the first one, also, mm. um, it's usually me having a really simple video treatment, but I do have it, so it's mm. true that it's different than from asking a video director to pitch something for me and this is why it's I have to find collaborators and it's not always easy but sometimes <laughs> I find them and actually uh, the three last video like doesn't matter $5 dollars and uh, one that's going to be out called the walker la marcheuse yeah. I did I did those videos with a um, French director called Colin Solalcardo and actually the process is quite fluid this time because I just arrived with with the idea mm. and he's like Nice. Okay, great. okay so how can I can I stage that how can I and then it just ha- because I'm not a director myself this is something I tried actually at some point on the first album but if I want to be in the video I have to I have to be directed it's not something I I'm comfortable doing but Why I not? I
1: d- but just because you don't like to look at the rushes, or you just don't, it you sh- can't sh- do sh- the two roles. It feels like
2: too much of a too uh-huh. much. Like it's it's too much of a craft to be a director. I kind yeah. of, I tried, and I was like, okay, that's where I should probably stop to try to control things. It's just <laughs> <laughs> just hand it over. I a should probably bit. stop to the video treatment, and <laughs> that's it. Uh, but um, and so the collaboration is quite fluid because he kind of knows I'm. He knows I'm kind of working like that, and the yeah. first video of girlfriend I worked with another director who actually was receptive also, but. Um, but $5, dollars, I was like, how can I express expre- ambivalence uh, and sexuality and kind of be, I kind of, I was thinking of, I wanted to be really, um, something really intimate, but kind of disruptive the whole time. Like, mm. people could probably wonder for the whole video, actually, who the character was. Yeah. Like, what is she doing in life? And why did she have all the money? And what's, what's, what's all that, you know? Yeah, because the it's also really th- there's also a beautiful
1: sense of, that, of, of the character in the video appreciating yeah. themselves as yeah. well. And and being confident, there's, oh, a, yeah. there's a very male confidence about yeah. some of the poses. Yeah, I'm um, actually the two references were
2: like the starting references because I always loved preparation scenes of of often of men in movies. Like, and mm-hmm. I was thinking of uh, American Gigolo, especially mm-hmm. because it's quite a um, loose um, uh, one and a really warm, inviting one, and you just see the guy getting ready and there is a sense of power and display and at, s- at the same time you're really you're almost like a voyeur you know you yeah. just watch him in this extreme intimacy and I was thinking also of a scene of American Psycho which is quite different because <laughs> yeah. way more creepier yeah but you still get <laughs> to that point of <laughs> but then you have like extreme intimacy and, at sams- and extreme monstrosity at the same time yeah you're like who's that guy yeah and what but is you, he capable of yeah, yeah. Mm. just b- with your beauty routine you're like something's up Something's not good. Yeah, and I was like, can I just mix this feeling of like, ooh, what's what's that character all about, while being really confident and 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 um and inviting. And so that was just a starting point And I, I, I and I arrived with that with uh, with Colin, and I'm like, do you want to make that with me? And I was like, yeah, yeah,
1: great. So um, far, he
2: didn't quit yet.
1: <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, I think i don 't know if it was a retweet, but you put something up on a, on Twitter today, and it was to do with um mm. it's an interview with, that uh, p. J. Harvey had mm. done, and that that it was around um well, do you want to explain because you you you, you said it really struck a chord with you, but you yeah. weren't quite sure why and it was to do with really um the assumption that all that female uh writers of music are just writing about their own experiences and it's all personal
2: yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I Actually, I was reading... it. It's a review on Pitchfork about an album of PGRV that was released before uh, called Read of Me. Yeah. And sometimes at uh, Pitchfork, they kind of do uh, anniversary reviews. And, um, and I, I was just reading the review. And actually, it's really well-written if you guys want to mm-hmm. check it out. And the album is great, so it makes sense. But um, And at some point, I was reading it. I was like, oh, it resonates weirdly with my own promo <laughs> cycle. Uh, and I'm not comparing myself to PGRV, uh, thank God. But I'm just... I was actually thinking myself during the promo cycle of mine and I was reminiscing something I read um, in a book written by Chris Kraus called I Love Dick. Yeah, that that's an amazing
1: book. It's a great book. It's a really amazing. You must when read I it, all of you. When I saw the
2: title, I was like, yeah. And then you open it and it's, <laughs> it's different. I fine. it's unexpected. <laughs> um but there is a great idea in the book that w- women um as uh, writers and authors are always sometimes refused the a personal which yeah. means that every writing is a journal diary writing and there is no way to sublimate because we yeah. are incapable of imagination
1: yes and control and control yeah so all we can do is emote <laughs> yes yes like i feel like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah there we go we emote and then that's fine yeah, yeah. there's and no sense of a kind of um of a discipline or a craft or a or a um, an overview.
2: Yeah, or there is no like su- not something that uh sublimates it enough for um people to ask us different questions than is it true what you said that? You know yeah. and I And who was that person that yeah, you took Like do don't you think you're giving too much? And mm. recently I'm I'm starting to answer journalists like, do you ask that questions to rappers? Because <laughs> <laughs> no but because Kendrick That's Lamar, for example, not again not comparing myself, but just <laughs> taking examples. He's he has uh, such a personal writing, and uh, you know if, when you think of *To Pimp a Butterfly* the yeah. album, there is some songs about um, loving yourself is complicated. <laughs> loving yourself, it's, yeah. a, it's a song about despair. No one kind of addresses. I think there is, n- and, and and the interviews are never as never gets as personal or like mm. slightly obscene as the ones I'm having on that record. And I'm always a bit surprised, and I'm like, is it really important to check with me if every word I'm saying on the record? I've been uh to yeah are linked to a person in particular and do do I need to give you the name? Like is it something and so I was kind of and, and, and the review of P. G. Harvey kind of addressed this idea that she was kind of for that album um I find it's it's really well reason more than I what I could say, but she was kind of um um Seen as some uh, some creature slightly hysterical, yeah. Because she was just, uh, you know, she just made a raw album where she was screaming sometimes, Mm. and she was just owning everything, including anger and fears and sexuality. And there was like uh, this slight condescendence of other journalists regarding that record. They thought she was like witchy, basically witchy, bitchy, uh, too much. And also, like you know, writing Chris, I was kind of thinking of the historical figure of the witch a lot, yeah. Because the historical figure of the witch is the woman who is too much, like too yeah. cultivated, too independent, too, too horny. Sexual. Yeah. And it was always a way to slightly punish those women by mm. just, um, it was like organized um, um, ostracizations of those women. And I was like, I want to make a record that's actually too hungry, too horny, too much, because sometimes I was, m- I, I, I was made f- feel like I was too much and I never, I never see men having that same reproach.
1: Yeah. Like they're actually often quite told that they're not enough. So yeah, they, you that's know, they that's not the problem. Actually, yeah. they shouldn't cry or whatever. Jesus. Yeah.
2: yeah, we are all trapped. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: yeah, we,
2: we we are we are going to escape that. But um, so yeah, it was it was really um, the figure of the witch. I was like, yeah, let's make a witchy record. Like yeah. a slightly scary record, even like, and I think even the artwork kind of tells you that. Like, what are you gonna? do with all that information you know yeah i'm just
1: like staring at the people and yeah Yeah, they can work it out yeah so that people are never going to buy the album do they (laughs) (laughs) they're going to leave like ooh. There has been, I mean, when you've been talking, when you've talked about sexuality before, you've kind of run into difficulty. So with the, the mm. pr- quite often, not through what you would like to say, but through it's, how it's been interpreted through journalists or, I mean, I remember one of the things that you said that w- was always really difficult was when you were in France, people would kind of talk to you all the time about your sexuality mm-hmm. and you would try and say things like, well, I'm pansexual and it would be completely reduced to is she's bisexual. Yeah, that's it. And so you've the, all the conversations that you were trying to open up, I suppose, really, mm. became much smaller than you'd mm. hoped. Yeah, narrow and systematic. And then I was kind
2: of taught, like, why do you talk so much about your sexuality? I was like, you only ask me questions about it. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I have a record made, you don't ask me about <laughs> it. <laughs> so it's kinda, it was like the fascination of it. <laughs> And me trying to gently open up questions more than answering them and then it was narrow again and systematic and I was, you know, made to feel sorry for it so I was like, I don't get it. Hmm. But yeah, um I and I think it's the the main problem is because it's not um normal yet. Or Nothing's normal.
1: But But also I think sometimes that the the sexual you know, there there are you know, obviously, there's tropes everywhere, but there's an idea of the sexual woman that is presented to people, but it's presented in a a kind of um, heterosexual porn way. So it's like it's okay to be lusty if mm. you're lusting for this this non you know this anonymous bloke or whatever. You know, that's that's okay. But yeah. if you present female sexuality in a different way, that's that's not acceptable. That's slightly odd. And actually, I'm 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 kind of sometimes
2: wondering like. Uh are they really in lust, those women? Hmm. Like, well, or are they acting. waiting for the lust of someone else? Which is, the, I ah, think, the yeah. main
1: difference. Like, Yeah, there's quite a lot of waiting around, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> in the hotel no, room, or oh, <laughs> we might turn up soon. Hope so.
2: No, but there is a way to <laughs> wait for someone else's desire to allow yourself to be uh, to be the one who desire. And I think that's yeah. the main thing. Like, Just a woman in lust, just for the sake of being in lust, is a concept sometimes for mm.
1: people. Yeah. And there's a bit, I mean, one of the songs I wanted to talk about was um, on the album was uh, Go- "Goya Soda. Yeah. And one of the things I really like about it is there's a description of, of a young man in it. And you yeah. use very beautiful imagery of him. You call him like a fawn and he's yeah. like um, something that's hard to catch. You know, there's a very beautiful description of young men that you don't often get really. Mm. Actually, you don't often get in pop. You get it maybe in mm. literature, but y- mm. you don't often see that in pop, do you?
2: Yeah, it's quite an intricate one. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I love that song also because there is a sense of, it's kind of a resisting immediacy and It's a bit um, intricate yeah. and literary. It's hard to catch, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember my record label listening to it like, no, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Why Goya Soda? And even like Goya Soda was like a weird uh, talisman like of a, of a title. I was like, that's, actually I got to be truly really blunt with you. I got the title before I wrote the song. I was ah. like Goya Soda.
1: But you mentioned, but within the song you do mention. So there is a you you talk about the there is a a, a painting of Goya, and you talk about, and then you talk about the young man drinking. Yeah, then it's uh,
2: yeah, yeah, it unfolds. It all works out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it works out. uh, uh, (laughs) Find a way, but but also it was this uh, meditation on. Also, the song starts with a really simple and clear um, scenery of 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 that young man drinking the soda I bought for him, and Mm. I bought the ticket of the museum for him. So I'm trying desperately to. You know, do things for him, as you can notice, and and we are facing the Goya painting, and I'm 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 thinking this Goya painting haunted me for my whole life actually, and the guy is just laughing at it, and I'm, and I'm just like personally offended that (laughs) it's just not getting uh, the beauty of the situation I'm trying to install for for him, you know, and then it from there it's really precise and it's really cruel, and it starts a meditation of on desire and 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 who's being eaten and who wants to eat who and why with the painting of it's a it's a terrible hunting painting because in the eyes of the uh, saturn uh, Kronos eating the uh, children he made yeah you can see the you can see pure madness but it can be your madness at some point because Mm -hmm. when you're madly in love for example it could be your madness so it's kind of like this song becomes a bit of a monster about um frustrated desire but also i think what makes this album different from the first one because i listened back to the first one actually recently i'm not listening to myself but how was that but i know it was really tender oh. i was like oh <laughs> i kind of wanted to hug myself <laughs> first because it's sad
1: <laughs> i was like girl
2: <laughs> you're sad
3: <laughs> <laughs> Up to very para- beautiful up, up to
2: like, no. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> open the windows. <laughs> no. Oh, it's night. No, but but at the same time, I, I uh, no, I'm making fun of myself, but it's just a way to protect myself from yeah. the emotion. But no, but it was really tender because uh, I kind of really relate to the album. But the the second album, sometimes it's the same problematics, but there is a newfound ecstasy. Sometimes, I don't know if it's going to be obvious for people, but for example, Goya Soda is Frustrated Desire, right? Mm. But instead of just being like totally melancholic with it, I'm weirdly... Invig- invigorated by it because yeah. i'm like i can't believe i have all those feels and it's yeah. kind of like the voice is projecting and way more
1: d- d- how dare you <laughs> <Huh? Well>?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but um and that that's the big shift also like i think the first album was me uh believing that you know it's probably better to stay in my room in the books the second mm. album is like actually the book is beginning right now because i'm because i can't touch you so i'm going to write a book about it so it's kind mm. of like a shift in perception and it's way and in more. confidence
1: and yeah probably experience yeah. and
2: trying out yeah trying yeah the second is me trying way more <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> leaving your room and going yeah, out yeah 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 and uh i mean one of the, the the things that people have talked about is the playing which we were trying to unpick a little bit which is the playing of roles so like your experiences feed into your work but you are also using your experiences to play with roles so would it be okay to say that chris is you in a kind of pure form or in a in a f- in a kind of freer form not mm. not not kind of stymied by everyday life you know yeah. in a kind of you as as performer and as a pure entity yeah it's it's quite it's quite well
2: said i think because it's often people also think of the stage character as a mask mm. which is not something totally relevant for me because it's actually way more about being about shedding social filters and actually just existing in a purer, more even sometimes more animalistic version of myself, which means I'm uh, I stop the overthinking and I'm just it's uh, like you're shedding skin yeah, rather kind than kind of yeah, putting, putting I feel more comfortable mm. on stage than elsewhere, which is um. Which was at first a freaky realization because I just understood that I would need the stage in my whole life. And I was like, oh. <laughs>
1: "Okay." Uh, which, but m- do you need an audience or do you ah, just need no, the stage?
2: Uh, <laughs> I just had a vision of me performing yeah, with exactly, no one, with no audience, which is madness, but uh, <laughs> not necessarily. But not necessary, it's true.
1: You need the audience. Is it freaky
2: if I? But well, it's. It's better with it. It's way better. Yeah. It's more warm and it's, it's, it's not solipsistic. and it's. But maybe at some point, if no one comes, I'll probably stick on with the routine. It's weird. <laughs> People can just check from time to time. I'm
1: still, 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 still doing it. She's still going. Yep. <laughs> still on stage. <laughs> She's happy there.
2: It makes sense there. I mean, I kind of like, I don't know. It's just, um, it's a natural way of me for me to process. It's like writing. Actually, I've, I've, I'm writing every day. If, it, if, if it's not a song, it's a... Uh, Weird diary. If it's yeah. not a diary, it's a short form. I, it's just a way to
1: to process and to remember and to understand and to. It became a weird breathing. So, and did you have any? Do you have any kind of talismanic kind of words that you have when you're thinking about this album or thinking mm. about the station? I mean, you mentioned that you know West Side Story was something you were thinking of at certain points, or you know, or American Gigolo in in uh, Five Dollars video. But you do you have certain words that you are using? when you're thinking about the album and the staging?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, chaos, desire, two two main words. But yeah. also, like, in terms of reference of, uh, also, like, reference of physicality, like, um, uh, I don't know if you know that um uh, director called Léo Garax, French director, mm. he made movies, fantastic movies. Um, there is one absolutely wonderful called Lovers on the Bridge. It's fantastic. It's with Juliette Binoche and a, a French actor called Denis Lavant. And Denis Lavant has a physicality that is almost like a talisman for me for that record because he's so much like a dancer but he's not dancing. And he's like, so much comes from the gestures and the way he, imp- he impersonates character and he's like incandescent. There was mm. I was kind of searching for also, when I think also of Madonna and of other performers like that, th- there is a relationship to physicality that is almost incandescent. Yeah. And kind of everything is solved through physicality. Like... Um, everything goes through it. Like, um, it's like the beginning of and the end of the um, reflection. And I was like, this album is going to be totally about that. Yeah. Um, and, so, uh, and so my mood board was full of also like masculine heroes, like uh, like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Romeo plus Juliet, yeah. because there is inc- because the, because of the h- haleness of the young men, you know, just like survives everything weirdly. And yeah. uh, if he has a scar, it's just like a stylized one, a really yeah. nice <laughs> one, it's not like a terrible one. So it's always really... Um, perfect even in violence, you know. Yeah. Um, um, And I was also like, uh, also I was thinking a lot of Peter Pan. Huh. But not the Disney Peter Pan. The original. The original.
1: Yeah, who is quite a strange character.
2: Quite a dark one. Yeah. Quite a s- weirdly sexual one. Like Peter Pan, the book is, um, your subconscious, but like way worse. It's like really weird. Like the mermaid scene, the mermaid scene in the, yeah. in the book is way creepier than in the movie. And they're like, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's not that
1: mermaids tend to be that in disney i don't know
2: why (laughs) i don't know why they do that it's such (laughs) a weird creature but beautiful creature why should it be so like just glossy and smooth i don't know yeah um but even like the and
1: also the lost boys as well exactly yeah yeah.
2: the idea of also like well this is something that haunts me since the first album like in the first album in tilted i was talking about weird kids and it's just Mm. me obsessing about about the figure of the outsiders like slightly slightly inside and out society mm-hmm. um and 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 peter pan has this chosen family
1: of of out- so deliberate outsiders yeah. they have no the m- the point is they have no parents isn't yeah, it yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah
2: and um and also like w- when i thought of casting the dancers for example mm-hmm. i was thinking of peter pan and and the clique of of people because it was not about the dancing never was decorative to me in the first album but mm. this time around i wanted even more horizontality like i didn't want like singer dancers i wanted uh. chris with that character and that character and that character mm. and that character and because the, because the second album is way more um, um um full of presences other than other than mine it's less um solipsistic it's mm. it's way more even on doesn't matter that's talking about extreme loneliness i'm kind of walking in the city i'm Crossing the path of o- other lonely yeah. people, so um, so the dancers had to also be um, individuals. I didn't yeah. want them to decorate me. It felt like they could, and also like in the in the stage and the, in the show, they even like sometimes threaten me. Like there is a authority yeah. they have and they carry, and they kind of sometimes can disrupt the order of the singer dancers. Yeah, they challenge. They're me. like, yeah. Who do you think you are? You know, I'm even <laughs> I'm even threatening myself on stage. I don't know if
1: I. Will come out alive of that tour. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a you said chaos is one of the words that you use, and also obviously c- we. If you play with the word Chris in French, it sounds like "crise," mean, meaning crisis. Yes. So there is a kind of uh, that chaotic sound, but the sound <laughs> of the album is not chaotic. It is no. quite clear, yeah. quite. Um, uh, unadorned, it's quite there mm. are references to kind of eighties sounds you can hear prince, Michael Jackson and stuff. So the the chaos is not within that sound. It's almost no. like the sound is I- is less lush. Yeah. It's
2: a weird vessel. Mm. Well not that weird, but it's a vessel for something more than yeah. Actually allow for the eighties vibe it's really interesting because sometimes I don't even overthink it. Mm. And at some point in the studio, at some point I was invited I invited um, a keyboardist called Willy Baradou and Mm. he played on really um, fantastic Grace Jones records like uh, Slave to the Rhythm. Oh wow. So I was like yeah. (laughs) So he came in the studio and he listened to the track to the tracks Mm. and he was like that's so 80s I love it. (laughs) I was like is it 80s really? Am I 80s really? But I think it's (laughs) because I'm linked to the (laughs) 80s. I kind of like it. I almost got offended at some point, but then I was like, no, but actually...
1: But it's a good, I have to just say, as somebody who actually lived through the 80s, yeah. you're all probably too young. But anyway, I remember the 80s. Yeah. And uh, the, the, what the thing that I liked, the thing it sparked off for me, was that there were certain um, pop artists around that were really, really mainstream, but yeah. they were playing with sexuality all the time. And I think Prince, Madonna, yeah. and uh, Michael Jackson to a certain extent. Yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. you know, you think about a character like Prince... Mm. It's absolutely what you were talking about, about the physicality, embodiment of sexuality and how he performed was like astonishing. Yeah, it's true. So there's a kind of, you know, yeah,
2: it was a space for flamboyance also. Mm. When I think of the 80s, I believe uh, I think of flamboyance, even in the songwriting, there is a sense of, I don't know, it needs to be bigger than life Mm. and it needs to uh, make you soar, you know when you listen to a good 80s pop ballad you do yeah. want to do the things you were advising yourself not to do yeah two two yeah. days ago reclaim it. for the sake of the gesture it's like <laughs> epic you know yeah um and i i kind of i think i just internalized that and i the music is a space of uh, a safe space of flamboyance and reinvention so it's kind of like uh, uh, triumphant even even though the song is quite sad like the songwriting itself is the start of the mending that's really weird like i'm you know, it's going to be okay. But, but it's true that I had like references of kind of tough uh, productions also like a uh, cameo, like uh yeah, Jimmy Jam and Terry, Terry yeah, Lewis yeah. and, uh, and the Michael Jackson, but the dangerous era when they they just discovered the sampler and they were yep. getting crazy with it. Like <laughs> let's <laughs> sample that card. It's yeah. <laughs> So when they discovered
1: the drum machine, yeah, strong. we're going to have that all the time. Let's it's going to be so Yeah. Let's great. never stop that. <laughs>
2: but, but because of the stamina also, and it was, it's so minimalistic and it's, Full of energy and also I was, fun. Well, funny enough because uh, I don't think I'll ever be that. But I was um, in my mood board was also the Slim Shady. Huh. <laughs> so cute, <I'm> cute. <laughs> I am cute.
1: And was yeah, like, so you've mentioned this before because a lot of people have yeah. a problem with that because I know. Should we We're unpick it a bit? Let's unpick it. So the sh- concept of the Slim Shady is uh. interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting because it is a character that everybody that is there to shock. That's the yeah. point of him; he shocks everybody. Also. Deep down, everybody loves him, yeah,
2: because it's just like the pure hubris. it's just like yeah. the um guess who's back. Un- <laughs> un- uncontrolled <laughs> violence, mm. you know, um yeah, he
1: is chaos, he's absolutely chaos and he's
2: and he's and he's supposed to be in inside every one of us, it's like just the pure subconscious, like the dirty one, like no yeah, I'll never be that, it's good, but <laughs> i was <laughs> but i was I was interesting in the in the in the character that could be um. Not afraid- is is absolutely not afraid. Mm. It's like a weird diamond. So uh, diamond, da- demon, not a diamond, a mm. demon, a weird
1: demon. demon. Yeah, a weird. De- yes, exactly. So somebody that is here and bringing chaos with them just yeah. because
2: they're unafraid for the sake of it. It's like the Joker in the in the Dark Knight. Ah, okay. chaos for the sake of it. I'm not yeah. that either. But <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm You're scaring f- me. <laughs> I'm, I'm using examples that I'll never be. It's very interesting. Uh, but. No, but it's it's, it's just um, those characters in a way also kind of weirdly resonate with us. It's like the Goya painting, it's mm. just facing madness. Yeah. Mad- we are not immune to madness, but you know.
1: Yeah, looking um, at it can be. They hilarious. are
2: weirdly reassuring because they embody everything that we are afraid to embody, also. It's kind of like. I'm yeah. talking about a character that Chris is not, so probably in the third album. Yeah, no, I
1: don't know. <laughs> or the fourth one. Okay, I'm going to ask you. Um, uh, one, I want to move on to just one more topic and then I'm going to throw open to yes. all you lovely people. Okay, But the topic I wanted to just quickly touch on is anger. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is that the, there's, always an ass- there's a kind of assumption that if a woman is not who she <coughs> is prescribed to be, mm. that she is angry. And what I find mm. um, interesting about this album is there may well be anger within it, that one could see anger within it, but it is not presented in a conventionally, um, I am an angry woman way. Mm. And uh, and for me, that makes it more open, more interesting, so, uh, because it only struck me when I listened to it a, f- a few times. I thought, oh, that's so interesting, because there is anger within it, but I'm not presented as an, an angry woman, you know, which is nearly always the alternative that is offered to us, as opposed to a kind of compliant woman. So I wondered uh, about anger and your work, I suppose. Mm.
2: It's interesting. No, no, but um, uh, it's interesting how you how you ask that because anger is in my world. When I think of the first iteration of Christine as a character, I dreamed mm. of. One of the very first sentences I wrote about Christine was like I gave a name to my anger. Mm. But by doing that, I precisely transformed it slightly, so it's not just um, that. Um, raw slightly condescendent sometimes a thing we throw at women who just Mm -hmm. try to be different it was actually transforming that into a force of um, creation and the beginning of something more like an active anger which is like active desire it's like it's not eating you alive it's just like you're projecting it and like sometimes anger like the nuances of anger are really different on that record i'm not i'm not seeing like a dark anger i'm seeing Mm -hmm. like an active uh, project almost like a projectile almost like a way to project my voice more mm. um, a way to be like surprised more. yeah more like a more like a fuel mm. um, and i was thinking also like of figures of um artists in, in entertainment that could just uh, also be uh looking around like because it's interesting like sometimes pop music is, is a machinery right it's like 10 people writing hooks and and it's actually i'm kind of fascinated fascinated by it is not the way i'm doing um so it in a way it is kind of blend in a way that it's not belonging to a writer it's yeah. not like a single person writing um but i'm kind of obsessed in being someone actively angry in pop music meaning i do want things to change like to alter and to move and to and i do want to push further and but so there is a sense of actually weird um, it's weirdly luminous it's not uh Dark anymore? Does that make sense? What
1: I'm saying? No, it does. Yeah, that, because uh, thats actually, yeah, it's beautifully put. Yeah. So, okay. Well. Right. Okay. I'm gonna. D- can we have the <laughs> lights on the audience? Is that allowed? People are like, no. Because they people. That I know you're going to be uncomfortable, but we like to see you. Is that allowed? Can I see? Can we see them? No. Lights up. At all.
0: Yeah. Yay, there you
1: are. <laughs> Hi. How <gasps> nice to see you all, and you're all immensely good-looking, as I knew you would be. There's someone leaving. Yeah, you're not allowed to leave. <laughs> Hang on. She's afraid. She's going. Is she going for a win? She's like, I got what I wanted. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you for coming. coming. Thank you for coming. I'm disappointed I'm off. Okay. okay. Right. Okay. I, I can you. see you all. And you all got your hands up immediately. This ah, is fabulous. Oh, my okay. God. This nice. is so good. Okay. I did actually see you first. And you are on the front row. So, you're very keen. <laughs> so, we're going to go to you first.
4: Hello. Um, Hello. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> bonjour.
3: Um,
4: first of all, uh, just a massive thank you for bringing everyone together today and accepting the outcasts and bringing us all quite weird oh. people I- in one <laughs> cinema. Um, yes, my sister. question is, do you have a favourite song on the album? And <gasps> would you be able to give us a little bit of a sneaky acapella version? Oh, oh,
1: yes. oh,
4: oh my god!
5: <laughs> 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 I
2: like You mean t- show business, <laughs> I like it. Alright, <laughs> uh, favourite one, but that's a tough
1: question. Uh, which one of your babies do you love like the most?
0: Oh,
2: favorite one. I do love all of them, but wait. Uh, well, it's not. Fin, it's not like a favorite per se. But I do love the stranger, which <laughs> is the last song of the album. This is where I'm compelled to sing. Oh, Jesus Lord. Say toujours les mêmes cakés tout le couteau. Di 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 say toujours les mêmes gars qui portent le fluo ni 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 gars 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 de la Maserati je n'ai acheté comme les phares. I'm red now.
1: I'm brushing Shit.
0: Nah. That's extreme.
1: Okay, you're so keen, you two as well. Okay, I'm going to go to <laughs> check shirt, and then I'm going to go to you behind, and then I'm going to spread over here, okay?
4: Kino. Yeah. Um, hi, Christine. I'm, I'm a hi. dancer, and um, your performances are a huge influence to me. Um, so I was just wondering, um, what are your particular favourite dance breaks from other artists?
2: Dance breaks? Dance
4: breaks, yeah. So. Like
2: dance moments? Yeah. From other pop artists? Oula. <laughs> <laughs> But I want to talk about Michael Jackson, but it's boring, up to a point that it's boring. But <laughs> the Grammy performance of 88 of, of Michael Jackson was really good. Because he did the twirl, and then he landed on his knees, and it's infuriatingly good. Mm. Uh, I do love FK Twig's physicality, because I think she's amazing. She's almost like venenum, venomous, yeah. which is great. Um, but sometimes I do love like physicality that is not dancing like for example like Nick Cave is not a dancer but the physicality is amazing or um, or uh, Arca Arca hmm. he's he's just like a w- he has a way to just be really like um, a graceful that I love so sometimes uh, it's not even about like uh, pure dancing but once physicality is insp- inspires me a lot but let me think one more um Sorry, I'm thinking <laughs> like a pop art. but yeah, I think, f- franchement, franchement, Michael Jackson. Even Michael Jackson in This Is It yeah. is like stronger mm-hmm. than the dancers behind it.
3: like, him. Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: just a relationship to feeling the music. Yeah. And Anoni also, not, she's not a dancer, but she's she's a uh, she's really graceful as well. She's like an angel. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. And now I'm going to go to you behind because I saw you, <laughs> and then I'm going to come over here. Okay.
0: Hi, my name is Alan. i I'm from Nantes also. Ah bon, bonjour! A Nantion, Nantais. Nantais, ouais, notre i am also a queer artist and my question is, um, I get a lot of um, advices um, from people telling me to be more mainstream. Um, I was wondering if that happened to you and if it did, how did you tell them not to judge you and <laughs> to be <Alors. me> yourself?
2: <laughs> That's really interesting because are you advised to be more mainstream by meaning not like you have to tone down, yes, your exactly. flamboyance or queerness, yes, yes, I was advised that on the first record, um I was advised to tell a bit less about my section, maybe you can talk a bit less of it, so we can talk about music. I remember those conversations, and I was like, why does it feel like it's violent that qu- you know that advice it because it was in a way a bit violent, like I had to I was not even giving that much of information, I was just owning who I was, so. And actually, I do remember walking out of the conversation saying, "I, I can't. I wrote an album being a young queer woman, so why should I stop talking about it?" I'd say, but I mean, it's it's good for me to say because I'm in that chair and that spotlight. <laughs> so I'm like, I'd say, but I don't know. Like for me, the writing was so much about not being ashamed anymore and not fearing anymore that I was like, I owe I owe it to the 18-year-old self to just tell them.
1: <laughs> keep, keep up with the work.
4: Merci beaucoup.
1: Okay. Vive um, Nampou! I see um, you, lady there, you, girl next to her, and then you here. Okay. Should we go one, two, three? Should we do that? Okay. Oh, you've got a you got microphone coming. It's coming. It's microphone coming your way.
2: Hi, Chris. Um, Hi, welcome to London. Uh, I know you've been here before. <laughs> yes. Um, I just wanted to say um, I'm a huge Milen Farmer fan, and I read that you love the video clip Libertine. Yes. So I wanted to ask you would you ever um, do a duel? And if so,
1: what would it be over? What, what would the duel be about? <laughs> Such a great question. Oh, <laughs> I, I love
2: Milen Farmer as well. I think Libertine was like a. One of my favorite erotic moments of my youth. I was like, "Yes, <laughs> to that." But also, actually, Desenchanté was fantastic. Also, she was well, she's she's owning it. It's wonderful. Yeah, uh, I'd love. Uh, yeah, actually, I'd love to do a duet. Actually, ha. Uh, I don't know if she. We could write something together. I don't know if she writes her song. We could but write But what about a jewel? Yeah, a jewel. a Like yeah, a duet. A oh, as as like, like you yeah, had jewel.
1: You have to yeah. throw oh. the gauntlet yeah. down I was and walk off and then come mm. back and go. But I would die.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would probably die. You that would be, be great. a great way to die, though. I would, I would then go to purgatory and say, "Mean and farmer killed me. People would be like, go to heaven, girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right. You're next. Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm a
4: musician as well. And I was wondering, I think... In the mainstream like media, your jump from your first album to your second album, to people that I'd like to say maybe can't appreciate it as much, that it's quite a big jump. How did you face that? Because like, you're kind of leaving... Do you view it as leaving your old album behind? And did you have like the second album in mind the whole way through, basically? Because you say it's your purest form. So when you made your first album, were you going towards your second album? or? Uh.
2: I but, I oh know. <laughs> Just to be <laughs> sure, I understand the question. Yeah. Do you mean w- w- did I want to become Chris the whole time?
4: Yeah. Like, did you ever find it scary moving from? Ah. Because maybe some people would view your album, your yeah, first yeah. album, as more mainstream, mm. as in more pleasing. Mm. And now, because you're expressing yourself and yeah. being your true self, did you ever find that scary getting to that stage?
2: But actually, like. Y- Christine of Charleurman was already me expressing myself to the purest form. I just, in four years, I evolved a lot. And I kind of, uh, the problematics changed. And I was kind of like, I wanted to address different things. Uh, Was it scary? It's always a bit scary to change. Mm. But at some point, it's kind of scary not to. It would have been weird to try to to also stick to what I created before. Because it didn't feel like it was my, again, the purest way to be sincere. But um, it kind of felt uh, I didn't really, uh, I was doing it like the writing is so um, a space of non-negotiation for me that I kind of, I do it and then it's too late to be scared also. Yeah, (laughs) it's done. Yeah. So
4: um, you just feel you had to take the dive. Yeah, I
2: already already dived. I dive (laughs) first and
4: then I'm like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but then I mean it, so it's, it's too late. Yeah, you go for it, you do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you and you are next. Can we pass the microphone forward? Yeah. Hey. Hello.
0: Hi. Bonjour. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say uh, thank you. Um, your albums and your music were instrumental in uh, discovering myself and my own journey with gender um, and sexuality, and I just want to. Same, massive thank you for that. Ah, uh, merci. Um, and sort of secondly, in, in the same sort of vein as, as other people, and in, the, and in the same vein as, as that, I wanted to ask. Uh, you talk a lot about. Uh, you talked a lot about um, your own personal disruption with gender within the music scene and um, and your own personal projections with that. But I was wondering what you see or what you want to because it's changing the music industry now is is changing to become more open and more accepting but we're not there yet nope. um, and I was wondering what you see on a sort of a wider scale um, as someone who is disrupting from the inside uh, what you see changing in the future or what you most want to be changed within the wider industry Whew.
2: The question is beautiful. I'm afraid to, to ruin it now. Um, what I do witness, it's true that it's becoming... Uh, actually, I'm going to be pessimistic. Can I? Ah. Slightly for a second, and then I'll be optimistic again. I kind of... Uh, what well, I'm a bit afraid sometimes, that it's like... Um, I remember four years from now, I was, I was advised to shut up a bit about my sexuality. Like, eh? Four years from now, it's, it's a cool marketing thing. Mm. Meaning, it, it's becoming a trend meaning like 10 queer artists to watch this week da 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 which is another way to actually masticate and um, empty queer of what is important to me which is queer n- for me is disruptive because it's questioning the norm and even you know um, d- 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 um, a made up society as it is so if queer is digested by that very society as a trend it's it is scary for me and it's another way to reduce what is irreductible in queer culture, right? So when it becomes too much of a glossy trend, it kind of scares me a bit. And sometimes I notice it could be the case now, which is another way to invalidate. It's another way to not listen and pay attention. What I wish, but, but some artists like Sophie, for example, are really interesting because they kind of um, use the pop format and the glossy pop format, but they just make it explode and it makes, it becomes really sexual and defiant. And I think more artists are probably going to come along and just like, yeah, diffuse it from the inside. But I'd be, I'm always a bit uh, slightly um, s- scared when I just notice that people are just like craving for the trend of queerness. So I'd say let's just be wary that it's not totally digested because we don't want to be eaten alive.
1: No, definitely not. Um, I'm going <laughs> to go further back <laughs> because uh, your hand is so straight up. I'm going to see you. <laughs> yes, hello. <laughs> you look like, in, you know, in a class where I'm asked a question, what is the capital of Venezuela? And you know the <laughs> answer. <laughs> <laughs> you really they technic- know it. <laughs> That's definitely me. Um, <laughs> but I don't know the answer.
4: Um, <laughs> So I'm also a singer, songwriter, artist person. And I was just wondering what you're like, if you have a
1: one piece of advice that you could give to <laughs> everyone here who's an artist, which I'm sure there's a few, um, what would it be? The pressure is on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: I was about to say something maybe weird or um, only you know best, I think is it weird as an advice?
1: No. I just,
2: as I I go on, I talk about, uh, as if I was like, having like, four albums behind me. Only you know best, I think. Fine. Seek for advice if you want, but only you know best, I think. Probably. It's not even an advice, it's just an
1: information. I'm being really bad at that. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I would say, as somebody who's written pop, criticism in my time just don't be ashamed you know i think we are told to be ashamed of a lot of what we feel quite a lot of the time and actually if you you know in all art if you can let go of all those kind of inhibitions and worries which is obviously very hard i'm just telling you to do it you know for my entertainment (laughs) but you know like that's actually as a as an audience that's much better because you get something purer you know you get something that really moves you rather than if you worry about how you look in, in certain things, or if you're saying the right thing, just you know, if you come from the heart, this it always hits the audience, I think. Anyway, I'll shut up because you don't really want to know my advice. <laughs> uh, anyway, we should have my advice. advice to each other, <laughs> should be a circle <laughs> of okay. Um, let's go. I'm gonna go slightly wider because of it at the back up there. Hello, yes, you, you, you're you. waving. You, you.
4: salut, uh, bonjour. Um, so, my name is Sanna, and I'm from Sweden, and welcome again. I uh, welcome. Um, so, life can be very, very difficult, right? <laughs> life Yeah, or life? like with, like, ex- <laughs> I'm sorry, with the mic. I'm not a singer, so I'm not used to this. No, no. Um, that life can be very hard, and, like, with identity and sexuality, like, what you've been speaking about. So, did you have, like, an aha moment where it clicked, where you're like, oh, and then it just opened, like kicked in a door that just exploded everything. Do you feel what I'm saying? I don't, you mean for my life? Yeah, like it happened for me when I moved here, like kicked in a back door that I didn't knew existed. And then everything just flourished after that. Really? So did you have, yeah. You got yeah, a ha moment? I wish <laughs> I could have that.
1: Aha! Like, yeah, like exactly. an absolute, oh, <laughs> a little <bit. laughs>
4: So if you have like a moment or when you were with a person or, uh, I don't know. Uh,
2: I didn't have an aha moment, but now I'm jealous of it. Mm. <laughs> I'm having several haha moments. Ooh. Problem with me is like I think I have a ha ha and then I have another ha <gasps> and then I have another ha and then I'm like, who am I even <laughs> now? <laughs> yeah. I'm just <laughs> the aha is is, wh- is when I, I, I feel like I'm uh, meeting someone and I'm linking with someone and sometimes it's always a surprise and I'm like, ha huh? <laughs> So I'm just I think I'm going to spend my life saying aha oh, but okay. Now, the, see- the seeking be- became more um, tasty than
1: knowing. Mm. Yeah, the or right. I
2: sound like I'm high, but I'm not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but that's a good <laughs> answer.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, let's look this way. Oh my God, there's so
0: many I'm of jealous you. of that though. I want to yeah. experiment that.
1: There's so many of you. I'm gonna go um, uh, right on the end there. Hello. Yes, next to you. There you there. <laughs> yep, yep. Hi. There we go. <laughs> Hi. 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 Hi.
5: Hi. Um, Hi. I want to say, firstly, that I'm a female lead guitarist. So Absolutely everything that you've said tonight about being um, accepted and a female in the music industry struck such a chord with me. Um, but as someone who also writes music, I was wondering, how do you write it? Do you start like with the music or with the lyrics? How do you,
2: you know, create your music? Well, I Most of the time, which is 90% uh, of the time, it's with production and music. Like I don't remember r- writing a song that started with lyrics because I think I just like to work the language inside of the music like as uh, another way to work an instrument and I do love the um, working the words and masticating them in the I was about saying the groove sorry for that I don't know how to express <laughs> it better and I do love to work on textures and production first and
1: uh, would you tend to w- work t- when you're d- you doing the words do you tend to work on the French words first or the English or d- doesn't matter? um uh, for that record, Chris wrote
2: most of it in French because uh, it was kind of interesting because of the music references that were actually more American, mm. classic pop. Yeah, I was like, let's make. I was also thinking of like a t- almost like a collage aesthetic, like let's m- let's be really French on top of a really uh, sometimes American sound. And I had a um, reference in mind. It was Love on the Beat by Serge Gainsbourg. Do yeah. you know that record? Yeah. A fantastic record and, and he, he went to search for the New York sound and he was really being really French on top of it <laughs> and it's, it's lustful non, and mo- non more French is that yeah <laughs> really close to the mic and so I was like uh, it's for that record I wrote, I wrote most of it in French first but actually for shallow sometimes but for example a song like Tilted first mm-hmm. existed in English and then I translated back in French and then I did again the translation in English <laughs> because the very first iteration of the song was called Cripple don't laugh I thought it was metaphorical as a word because I'm I'm I I don't know all the subtleties and I sang that song Cripple uh, in a gig in 2013 Mm. and I was singing because I actually do enjoy being a cripple Ah, and I noticed people being slightly more uncomfortable than I thought I was like oh so it's not metaphorical is it (laughs) I'm so sorry for that and the English team was like no you don't you don't know what it is to be a cripple. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Only you will know. There is a non
1: disclosure uh, yeah. You have to sign Sheet on the way to out. sign after that. Yeah. Okay. Another question. Um More Oh questions. god, my god. As it goes. Uh I, s- I see you and I see you behind, okay? So you too. Um let me can I just look at you how long have we got so I know. Ages. Okay, this is good. Mm-hmm. We've got lots of questions. We're all right. Okay, good. You're going Otherwise to be i feel terrible we are.
3: Okay, Hello, hi. Bonjour. um I have a question in um mostly about gender. Um, I have a very complex relationship with it myself, um, but you said that you wrote a lot or you keep a sort of some sort of a diary um, is the writing process apart from the music process a specific sort of um, creative way to work through um the sort of idea of yourself and your gender? There are a lot of people, I assume, like myself, that have um, gender dysphoria, I'm sure, um, who you don't really know what you're meant to be um, and you can't work out where you're going, but do you feel that um, the writing helps you some way in um, sort of creating that sort of, like you say, um, you're working towards it. You jump into it. You become it just through the process of sort of writing towards it. Does that make any sense?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. No, but the writing is for sure a space of sort of of experimentation, so a space of um, safe space of uh, trying out, like shedding skin and trying out names and naming yourself constantly and writing in masculine for all day and then feminine for the day after that, or. And I kind of got this relationship of uh, writing that could free me in a way that in a way it was more about experimenting than knowing also like it became uh, and I think the more you kind of experiment, the less you're of I don't know if it's the same for everyone, but the more I experiment, the less I'm sure. But the less I do care also because there is a playfulness that comes along in the writing, at least. Which makes, makes it sometimes to translate hard to translate in real life because in the writing I'm so free that sometimes I bring I bring back the writing with me in life and people are like whoa 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 you know, um, but and I do love also writers who through the writing get empowered and actually get really uh, fluid and uh, um, explore like I, I remember like I discovered Maggie Nelson mm-hmm. recently writing the second album and it was such a a. B- um, Wonderful discovery because the writing is a uh, space of um, raw honesty and unsureness and exploration and it's philosophical and you kind of question. I don't know. I, I think yeah. I think I think the writing for me was is a force of uh, of experimentation. Hmm. But I do I do like the wi- I do like the idea of of. Uh, um, I know this is where I'm lacking words in English. Like um, it's something I'm working on constantly, and I'm changing the shape of it. It's like because amorphous. the writing is um? amorphous or m- yeah, like it? working on the, t- uh, the you know the glaze. The, the yeah, the glaze. Yeah. there is a relationship, that never-ending relationship to writing as a force of uh, emancipation, which is soothing, and sometimes can bounce back to life in an extra strength you have. Also, I think the great thing is to is to is to find the people with whom you can experiment. Because I don't think it's isolated. I met people who do experiment and feel really fluid, and then it becomes really interesting because you can feel unsure together or like uh, doubt together or 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 see what happens together. You know, mm. it's possible. Maybe we are several ones of so shapeshifters there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Thank you. Uh, do you want to go in f- the lady in front? No, this way. That way. That's it. Perfect. Thank you. Hiya. Hi.
5: Um, I was wondering you mentioned quite a lot of um art as inspiration that has sort of become part of like the canon of classics, so like um Goya and West Side Story and um American Psycho. And I was wondering, especially with regards to stuff like gender, it feels like that's something very common for female artists to do to l- like look back on these classics and look at the particular ways like the roles have been fleshed out like throughout the centuries um and that's also something that I really recognize in doing myself but um because I'm a writer um but I was wondering I always find it very like a sort of constant struggle and negotiation of being like well if I take this bit from this classical thing does that mean that I'm like like condoning the fact that like these like old white men are still like venerated to this to this particular point or am i subverting it and where like what where does that line lie and i was wondering if for you is it always very clear cut of like i'm going to use this and i'm not going to use this or i'll take inspiration for this but not this Mm. or is that also a very like
2: gray area as well good question lots of gray areas um I think for me what sh- what is sometimes disruptive when I do take those tropes is that I'm using them as a woman. Sometimes I think it's it's enough to be disruptive, but maybe it's naive of me of to think that and I'm maybe it's true that for this album I'm sometimes using old shells and I'm and I'm taking them and I'm kind of trying to break them from the inside and I'm not actually when I think of when I talked about Sophie and Anoni they just they just morph into something that looks more like a cyborg future and they kind of like they seem like to be further than those old shells and um but for me the camp aesthetic was was quite cool on on that album because of the slight retro vintage naphthalene feeling but me being a woman in it and just reveling in it for a second and i but I, i do i do feel it's quite camp and not terribly new but i kind of I kind of wanted to inhabit those fantasies and, and use them to myself, and it was kind of like erotic. But um, I think the real subversion would be probably to invent totally from scratch new forms of mutating. That's scary. Probably I'll be strong enough one day. <laughs> but I do I do, I, I do like to have, a, to have a memory and to write above a memory also, like to kind of... This album was also like playing around with pop, culture way more than maybe the first one I, I don't know i kind of i was less afraid of taking obvious references and um, obvious sound references and just try to be myself in it and see what would happen myself whatever whatever that means actually but um and see if i could if i could make that crack from the inside but i don't know if i succeeded that's that's a, g- a good yeah. question
1: right interesting okay so uh it gets really physical, physical i'm gonna meta, go for you. Like you hello Yes, 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 yes. Hello. <laughs> it's going on the same. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to come back to over this side because I know I've ignored you. To the so left. Hard. To the li- Hello. Um,
0: <coughs> um, hi, I'm Orlando um, and I'm a drag king. And I was wondering what you think masculinity becomes when it leaves the male body.
1: That's so interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I drink it. <laughs> it's a fantastic name, Orlando. I'm, I'm really jealous of that name. Great, great name. I have no, what do you think? What, I have no idea. <laughs> it's such a good question, I want to have your answer in it. Um, oh gosh. Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry I did that to you.
2: No, no, it's wonderful. <laughs> it triggers wonderful things in my head. I just have to take s- my laptop and write now.
1: Well, it can be so many things, because you can know, play yeah. with it, or it can be s- scary. I mean, it's it's so all pervasive as well. It's quite interesting if you take it away, but you don't want to know what I think. Uh, it's just that she's no, not no, talking, no, no, so no, I'm trying no, to no, fill in. <laughs> I'm
2: just I'm just like in in reflexive mode now. But it's, it's 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 more poetry than it's it's poetry. Would you just know? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Does it leave ever? Does it? Can it? Will it?
1: <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you should do an entire act about it, know, an entire book about it. That's just amazing. That's the beginning <laughs> of a new album. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yes. Okay. No one has the answer. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to go this no way, one. then I'm going to go that way. Okay. You uh, will haunt me for years now. But yeah. Check. Okay. Um, oh, God. How ah. do you perform? Uh, I see you. I see you three, and I see you up there. Okay, so... One, two, three, four, and then back over here. <laughs> Have we got time. <laughs> okay, make them quick. <laughs> Stuff to be tense. Do be like like quick. Yeah, no. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm an aspiring designer, fashion designer, and a musician. Mm-hmm. And you, your style really inspires me, and it's very sort of—I uh, don't know the word—it is very distinctive and charat- characteristic of you. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you, who inspires you stylistically and yes that's my question That's
2: <laughs> <laughs> a good question <laughs> 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 white shirts inspired me <laughs> on people <laughs> Catherine Epburn inspired me at some point a lot
1: oh good same
2: uh, honestly like I don't have like sometimes I can just see like a young man with a floating shirt and I'm just jealous of the physicality of the shirt on the on the young man and I'm just taking a mental note I'm just (laughs) observing and stealing away actually um hanging out with dancers also like they're all really stylish I don't know how (laughs) they do that maybe you can explain that to me (laughs) I don't know they have like a way to to, to, to buy clothes that are too big and too old and it and it looks amazing <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah which makes me think that style is m- way more a way to carry yourself and to kind of own the clothes than just the clothes per se, which is not something I should say <laughs> too <laughs> 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 but, but uh but the uh, the great designers I love, for example, uh, for example, this is le maire, this is le maire know this is uh, I do like it because I feel like the shirt is not wearing the fabric is just like fluid and lives with mm-hmm. me. So I think uh, maybe it's just about letting the body express themselves and do the clothes. <laughs> but I like I like Nick Cave and P.G. Harvey in the video called Henry, Henry Lee. Mm-hmm. It's maybe my style inspiration. My everything inspiration. In Have you seen that video?
1: Mm. There's so much in love. <laughs> it's infuriatingly <laughs> good. I know, didn't ask. Okay, so yes, and then yes, and then up there. Okay, and we've got to be really quick, I'm really sorry. Hello, Chris. Qu- I came to quick. see you in Glasgow. Uh, no,
0: <laughs>
3: I'm
1: going to be really quick. I'm gonna be really quick. Uh, I,
0: I meant to see you in London, I couldn't go, so I came up to Glasgow, and it was amazing. And you said that it was your last gig, yeah. and that you went on tour for a bit, and you ended up going on tour for ages because of the success of the album. You said that, I think.
2: Wait, did I say... Yeah,
0: you said you, you thought the album was going to do fine, and then it exploded and you ended up going on tour for a lot longer than you imagined. Mm. And I was just wondering, was there a moment when you realized, fuck, this is now really launching? And was there another <laughs> moment, potentially, when you were like, I'm fucking exhausted, but, <laughs> I, but this is amazing, so I've got to keep it going, but actually now, you know, maybe Enough. I've run out of juice. <laughs> Hello,
2: fuck! This is really exploding. I got that several times actually. <laughs> <laughs> I got that in France at some point. I was like, Ugh! and then I, um, I got it after the Graham Norton performance in the UK. I was like, oh, something's happening. So he was actually being two years on a plane that could probably never. Uh, uh, that was like taking off, but for two, two years. And I was like, <laughs> 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 and then I was with Elton John on stage. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> then I was like with Madonna. I was like, mm-hmm. something's happening. <laughs> but at the same time, I was not really processing it. Um, this, the second one I was like, oh, fuck, I'm really exhausted, was actually um, at the end of the tour, and it was in the UK. I was doing it with, with heart. But I was crying at the same time, so I was like, maybe the body is telling me something, my <laughs> mind should listen. And I, eventually, uh, and I eventually went to sleep for a month after that. But um, yeah. it was hard to, s- to, to know how when to stop something that was so uh, uplifting also. It was complicated. But the, the body gave up before the mind did.
1: Uh ah, okay. Fine, I slightly gay up it's fine. Okay. Sorry, people are really excited so we got to be really quick. Okay, one two up here. Okay, mm-hmm. quick quick. Like. Sorry, I, f- I feel really mm-hmm. rude. Uh, hi Chris, my name's Sarah. Um Nice to meet you.
5: Going to going back to the idea that you touched on earlier about um like the sort of commodification of queerness today um in music. Um in terms of like music journalism and the way it's talked about um in art in the popular discourse, do you think there's like have you gotten a, a view of, like, the ideal balance between, like, uh, representation and visibility
2: um, and the sort of commodification of it and using it marketing-wise? Wait, can you rephrase your question? Because it's interesting, but I'm not sure I understand. Um, So,
5: like, is there... Do you think that... So, in terms of, like, the example you gave of, like, the top ten queer artists, that's obviously, like, a way to give queer artists a lot more visibility, and it's
4: obviously... The, there is the side of it that it's used as like a trend, yeah. so do you think there's an ideal way that it c- the queerness can be appreciated but not used mm. for m- for like commodified
2: uh. <laughs> and then she's panicking no no i i think I think there could be a way just it's just a fine line between in, um talking about c- talking about acknowledging it um um understanding how it shapes the work because it's you know inevitably the case without um there's just this frontier where it becomes. Um, ah, this is where I, I wish I could use French to be really um, nuanced and shit. But say it in French. Yeah, go for it. Non, mais quand ça devient. I just never When it's like, how c- how can we think like it's not it's not happening for. Heterosexual artists, like ten heterosexu- heterosexual artists, to watch because it's a given that the heterosexuality is, is immensely complex and there is not like a huge stream of heterosexuality per se. So when queer is just like not acknowledged as a as a reality, but more as a it's something like ten to something a hat. like that, that I could yeah. I could talk about it and put it in a, an article. You see what I mean? I, I, yeah, I, objectified. I, I like idea. objectified, simplified as well.
3: <laughs> Damn it! You found it. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah but. Exactly, objectified. I, sometimes in interviews, I think myself. I feel like when it's objectified, like, oh, so you're really pansexual. I was like, yeah. <laughs> how <sighs> how come it is so tasty to you to, to talk about it? Yeah. Because it's objectified. You don't really uh, r- um, process the information of it. You just uh, see that it could be uh, uh, sellable, which is which is so weird. Objectified. That was the word.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. You I know you're looking at you. me, but I said he could ask a question, <laughs> and I said they were is there. Is it over? All right, go on then.
4: Okay, first of all, I just want to say a massive thank you for Shallah Humane because that got me through some really like heavy shit, for lack of a better term, basically, a couple of years ago. So thank you so much for that. Oh, you're welcome. Um, My question is about the production side of things. Um, Obviously, I know the production for the first album was very sort of, you know, mellow and tender, as you said. So, sort of, how did you approach the production for the second album? Because I'm noticing it's quite, it's a lot heavier, a lot more harsh. Um, So, what was your sort of approach, like thinking behind that? True. Thanks for noticing.
2: (laughs) Well, it was, it was, also, I worked with, um, the first album, I actually recorded most of it in London in the studio called The Premises, in Hackney. Um, and I was r- using really round, I was working with a sound engineer called Ash Workman, who has a really uh, relationship to sound that's really round and warm and analogic. And we were using like a classic 808, uh, quite round sounds and um, mellow, as you said. Uh, and it was kind of deliberately building up and we used like, we recorded strings, um real string so there was also like a kind of organicity that to the sound that made it a bit like a mellow and the second album was like let's let's use a different language because i like to use a whole language for whole album, so it, it's consistent. And I was like, I don't want, I love strings, but I'm going to refrain from using it. I'm going to try to uh, work on the music that would be like bones and blood pulsing. Um, and so the, the the sound references I was talking about m- made me build a different setup. Like I, I still worked on analogic, um, uh, instruments, but they were different, like the, the the drum machines were different, like I worked with uh, MoFat, which is a sound bank from the 90s with amazing house chords actually, and I was like, oh, mm. damn, I should do a whole <laughs> album with that, uh, and then Diplo did it. Uh, <laughs> no, he did it, he's going to be out soon, I think with Mark Hanson, <laughs> I think he, they did. Um, and and uh, I worked uh, in the studio in Paris, uh, which is actually the air Air studio, you know, yeah. the, the duet. So they had like amazing gear from actually the 90s that they never use.
4: That's and there was a thought.
2: synthesizer called, uh, 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 oh shit, I forgot the name of the synthesizer. But it's like an old computer and you just, um, you plug it in and it's just like smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's that? It's fantastic. And they were like, no, we're not using it. And I was like, are you insane? <laughs> and it's, it's just like hybrid analog sounds, but more from the wow. 90s. Actually, the, the vocabulary is more 90s inspired than um than uh, the other one, and it's maybe more. It's maybe more um, precise in the in the time period. I think this record. The first one was maybe more um, abstract in the sounds, and this one is a bit more has a bit more type. Um, mm. And I think it was kind of deliberate. Is, yeah. it?
1: is cool. it? All right, there? you are really yeah. shouting at me, but I promised okay. her at the top, and I just feel really bad. I'm, so I'm talking too much. That's why. <laughs> all right, sorry. So it's got to go all the way up to the top to so you at the end. Yes, you were the person that I saw. No pressure.
2: <laughs> Last question of the night. No pressure, babe. <laughs> Le mot de la fin. I feel under
5: pressure.
1: <laughs> Sorry, under don't, be, pressure. don't be, don't be, don't um,
5: be. Well, a few years ago, I was taken to a gig of yours in tour by a French exchange family. Oh. And oh. I had no idea who you were. And um, <laughs> What's that? that? So brilliant. And I saw you on stage for the first time and I saw you had this amazing confidence there. And I later found out that you were a queer artist and that really inspired me. And it just amazed me because I was a very young teenager and (laughs) very confused and not confident at all. And I wanted to ask how you got that confidence and um, if there was anything that particularly inspired you.
2: I'm still very confused myself, so I can really... (laughs) something happened to me and it was actually thanks to the drag scene. I uh, It happened in London, actually. The beginning of Christine and the Queens as an idea for me was uh, witnessing a drag performance so empowering that I was like, how come I'm not able to do that myself? Like, how come I'm so uh, clustered and uh, shamed and uh, tiny and uh, scared? And how come? And they just owning everything on stage like that. And actually, um, I was lucky enough to be... Uh, um, uh, taken under the wing of those drug queens and they just gave me really simple like they were like motherly kind of borderline aggressive advice sometimes
3: <laughs> they were just like
2: get yourself together like, um, uh, no, because I, I was whining a lot at that point I'm sure you were not but I was whining a lot on my contradictions and, um, and actually they, they told me one thing at some point and they were like use theatre to empower yourself which is something I could have thought of maybe myself, but I didn't... I think they just allowed me officially to do that. Um, and I'm not a drag queen or a drag king, but the idea of uh, of naming myself, of... Uh, you know, the stage is such a peculiar space. I think the stage helped me back bounce back in my life, but, but it's because of Christine as a character that I could uh, suddenly... Own everything, like you know, the idea of owning everything in the v- in in the vogue culture, like you own everything. Suddenly, again, I was like, "Christine will be my way." So I j- just invented Christine as a survival technique, which is a complicated, probably technique. To you, th- 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 there could be maybe a simpler way to just be empowered. <laughs> mm. I took the complicated one, <laughs> <laughs> but but in a way, it's a road that's never going to fail me because now, if I have a problem, like theater is there, so I can I can I can do something about it. Um. so maybe it's not a good advice I don't know <laughs> it, it's it's the weirdest thing that happened to me but it saved me weirdly so I I don't know thank you <laughs> it's not helpful at all is it <laughs> it's a bit it's adopting another Do persona where? It? it depends if, if you like st- being on stage or not but find some the stage is my safe space I don't know if you have one but uh, stay in it nourish it uh, make sure it spreads uh, don't shrink yourself uh, there is no time for being ashamed, Jesus! Yeah. I lost so many hmm. moments being ashamed. Damn it! Hmm. But it's a constant work to stop being ashamed. This is something we are taught. Um, as as uh, when we escape the norm, it's it's constant. We have to fight it. Yeah. Yep, it's deep.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's gonna kill me. You really are gonna kill me. We have to stop, don't we? <laughs> it's been like this for like Oops. about an hour. Yeah. Okay. Oh my Whoa. God! One more. Okay. From this side, you're gonna pick. Oh no! Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. You're don't gonna pick. Choose, man. Last one.
2: Pressure. Do I have to pick? Yeah, man. Do I have to choose?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I hate choosing. Okay, okay well, if you don't want to, I'll choose. But he's taking a picture of you. That's not There's that. gentlemen. That one there. are no, actually, you.
2: two gentlemen raising hands. Sacrifice, I like no, no, no. it. Can I have? Oula. It's there. Hi. Hi, how are you? Bonjour. Bonjour. Ça va, et toi? Um, I discovered you three years ago. I've seen you
5: on stage at Brown House. I've seen you at Brixton. Um, and what I see on stage is, for the first time in my life, I see, to an essence, a reiteration of Michael Jackson. In an essence. <laughs> and if I have to explain to people who you are, that's what I say. Oh! <gasps>
1: That's a double <laughs> question, man. First of all, thank you, you, you for... Like, that's an amazing compliment <laughs> and two questions.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I didn't record the compliment I should have. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, oh. Wait. So, uh, wait, I have to organize my thought. Because it's kind of like a moving question and I'm unsure about it. Um, I think maybe there is a sense of when you... Huh. I don't know. It feels like I'm I should be really wise and I'm I'm afraid not to mm-hmm. not to be enough uh, with you guys, but um uh, I feel like by allowing myself to be vulnerable was probably the end of a certain idea of shame. Like it's, it was kind of linked um because you kind of unfold and you kind of um accept by ex- acceptance, I mean this and what I have to say. But I s I don't I don't think I'm totally rid of shame. I think also in the in the, in the album I'm still talking about shame. There is a song in The Walker where I talk about shame, so I'm I feel like there is a relationship co- still going on there. But uh I don't know, I'm moved by the question. I don't, can can you, can you can you can you talk about it again? Uh, uh, if it's helped you deal with shame more. I know shame is
0: something we deal with our own lives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it being
2: vulnerable
1: for seven years has helped at, at all. Yeah, yeah. It did. The other part was about. isolation. We.
5: The other part was about when you. Now that you've been vulnerable and you have so many people around you who want to get to know you, if you feel like because you've been vulnerable, you have more enriching connections with people, both the people you know and new people, or if Ah. you feel more isolated?
2: Hmm. Ah, it depends. It depends on the people. There is a sense of me being more, I think um, I'm more consistent thanks to my work. There is a sense of I'm solidified a bit. (laughs) I'm introduced a bit more and I have to um, hide less because it's said. Uh, When I was saying like the writing is done and then it's done, you know, it's said. So when it's said, I can't shy away from it, which is a good thing. But uh, it could also be quite isolating. It depends on, on the listener. It depends on the people facing me. But it's like everyone, actually, mm. when you kind of suddenly try to unfold, there is a risk you take of being even either embraced or isolated. But the risk itself is uh, the end of a certain type of shame which was linked to silence. Yeah, I'm going to be really philosophical about it, but yeah. for many different personal reasons, silence uh, could have been linked to death, you know, in a way that, you know, just silence yourself is a... Maybe the greatest form of violence you can inflict on yourself at some point. So I'm getting emotional. But uh, by, s- by, by, s- by choosing not to be silent, uh, it was the end of a certain type of shame. So even if some shame remains, I'm talking about it now. So it's, it's different. It's, yeah. d- it's totally different.
5: Thank you. Thank you for talking about it. Oula, <laughs> uh,
2: you're welcome. Thank you. Oula! <laughs> it feels like yeah. <laughs> Hi I'm Chris. Hi, Chris!
1: <laughs> I've been Hi. fighting shame. Okay. I just want to say thank you for being a fabulous audience. You were a really great audience. All well, those questions beaucoup. were brilliant. I should have thrown to you hours before. I apologize. You were really fantastic. But I'd just like to say one more time, thank you to Chris. <laughs> merci beaucoup, non <laughs> Thank you so much. Damn, that was
2: deep and beautiful. I like it. Merci. Well, I'm a lucky, lucky person. Thank you so much.
0: Merci. Rough Trade Radio. Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.